but once you do a little bit you feel so good and like so refreshed and energized you want to keep that momentum going so like it's not gonna be like oh yeah like that wasn't fun or that wasn't you know useful because it was so start and then you'll get the momentum to keep going i'm amy and i'm abby And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. This week, we have the pleasure of speaking with Cassie from The Caffeinated Clean. And whenever we talk about decluttering or tidying or organizing, we get such a positive response from this community. We know that a messy house and a messy space can many times equal a messy mind. And Cassie walks us through ways that we can start decluttering our lives. She talks about cleaning different cleaning things. She talks about organizing and how we can get our kids on board to make our lives more streamlined by having them also step up in their independence. We also go into some details on her divorce. So if you are a person who is contemplating divorce, or if you are newly divorced or separated, Cassie just gives her heart and she really helps us through figuring out that transition and how we can help our children in the picture while also helping ourselves get through that tough transition. So without further ado, here's our interview with Cassie. So Cassie, have you always been interested in cleaning and organizing? And I also want to know what inspired you to turn it into an actual career? So I was actually talking to my mom about this earlier uh, this week, and she had said that, well, she grew up with nine siblings. And so because I was like, where did you get this from? And like, why am I like this? And so what she had said was her mom like was very like systematic with everything because she's like, this is a cluster and I have to kind of figure out how I'm going to wrangle with nine kids. So she grew up like that. And then that's just how I grew up. Cause that's how our household was. So we kind of both like share that, I guess, just belief about, you know, having a clean organized space because we want to put like our time and energy into other areas. And we both really struggle with anxiety. So like having that mental clutter out has been really helpful. And with the job portion, no, I went into school for social work. That was like my And I still do that, obviously. So that's where my, I guess, primary focus is. But during COVID, that's kind of when I started this all. And I was like, I could maybe like make like a really good, you know, business out of this, especially because it gave me something to do. And it gave that sense of community when we were all so isolated. So I was like, I want to connect with other people. And I also saw, you know, exactly like people like you guys who are out doing it. And so I was kind of like, why not me? mentality. Why couldn't I do this? So like, I wanted just to start and see how it goes. I mean, if it failed, then it would, but at least I had fun doing it. So now we are almost two and a half years later. So two and a half years later. And yeah, I think the pandemic put a lot of things in perspective with people trying to figure out, okay, what else can I do here? What else can bring me more passion, more purpose? And you're helping so many people with your tips. So I'm so glad that you said yes to that dream and got it going. And it's also interesting thinking about your childhood because I grew up in an opposite childhood where my house was absolute chaos. There was leaves on the floor all the time, dog bowls, everywhere, water splashed. I mean, it was just absolute chaos. And that's why I went the organization way. So it's interesting how two different ways that we can grow up can have the opposite effect on you. 
And I loved when you came to our house. So you actually came to our house just a year ago when we bought our new home and you helped me organize because I love having things organized. I love having systems in place, but where I struggle is how do I even start? Where do I do the first things in order to get this organized? And one post I saw on your account, Cassie, was you're talking about how to handle kids' clothing. So can you lay out your system that you use for kids' clothing? Maybe give people some suggestions because I know that two full of drawers, those can be a huge trigger for parents as they're looking through them. Well, that's I mean, that's the same thing with, I mean, with me and with my daughter, because she's five. I guess something, especially with kind of like my OCD brain, I'm like, if I have a system, I'm going to stick to it. But with kids clothes and just systems in your house in general, there are always things that need to be changing with like our, our seasons of life and the time that we're in, but also like literal seasons of living in Wisconsin. We have different clothes and things like that. So I think we need to get on like the same page of being like, it's okay to change up how we do things if they do not meet our needs anymore. And so like, I was thinking about when my daughter was, you know, first born the way I did things is very different from now when she's five. So in her room, she has like a full closet and then dresser system and she's in 4k. And so like, she wants to be like very, like fiercely independent, like totally gets dressed by herself, do everything, like no help from mom, which is fantastic. That gives me more time to do stuff for me. So like when we were doing her closet, I wanted to make sure that everything was at arm's reach for her. So everything is like easy for her to grab. I mean, like there's stuff that's hanging up, but we have a little stool in there for her so that she can do that herself and access that. So that promotes her independence to be able to do that versus when she was a baby. Obviously we didn't need that, but we also put her dresser in order of like how she would get ready. So like the first layer would be underwear socks. The second would be, you know, long sleeve shirts and short sleeve shirts. And then like pants and shorts would be on the bottom. They're learning like, I need this and this, then this. And it makes it really easy for her to get ready by herself, which again is helpful for her for that independence, but it's also very helpful for me to be able to do the stuff that I need to do. But with the drawer system, and this is something that has always kind of been a work in progress with me is we used to have clothes, especially like shirts, just in a stack. But then when she wanted the shirt on the bottom, she'd go on the bottom, pull it out. And then it's like a total mess. So what we started to do was like file folding clothes. So like when you open the drawer, you can see all the shirts at once in like a vertical order from front to back so that she'd be able to see all the clothes to be able to pick out. And then when she pulls one out, it doesn't completely like mess it up. So it stays a lot cleaner for her and for me that I don't have to keep going back and organizing it. So that's been really helpful for us as we're getting older um, and she's having that independence, but also a huge thing that's been helpful for me because kids, I'm like, I swear to God, she's like one size one day. And then like the next, she's a totally different size. And I'm like, I can't keep this straight, but we keep just like a little bin in her closet for if she tries on and this actually just happened. She tried on a pair of pants and she's like, I think these are too small. And I'm like, absolutely they are. So then it was really easy for me to like fold those up, put them in a bin. And then once that bin is full, then I can just like, you know, put it away in storage. But otherwise they get stuck in there. And then she keeps putting on the same pants. These are small. These are small. And I'm like, okay, we can eliminate that, take that out and only have the stuff that fits. So it's kind of trial and error a little bit, but I think we found a system that really works for us. 
Mm, you're speaking to me because what I do is I usually get cold dressed in the morning. So I know what pants don't fit him, but I don't take them out of the drawer. But then Drew puts them on him and they're a size 2T, yep. way too small, way too short. So that idea of just taking what doesn't fit out and having a special bin for that so that wh whoever goes to help them get dressed because our grandparents help out a lot too. It's like, don't have stuff in there that doesn't fit. Along those same lines, Cassie, people really struggle with their own drawers and their own closet. And it can be a really big undertaking when you're trying to edit so that your drawers are not overstuffed and your closet isn't overstuffed. What is your best advice for women that are trying to tackle their own wardrobe? This is something that like is really funny because like across the board, everybody that I talk to, especially women, can't tackle my closet. And I'm like, why? And they, a lot of women just hold a lot of sentimental value with clothing, which I personally don't, but I'm like, let's go through your closet. Like, let's do this because that's one of my favorite spaces to organize. But I think that we all know, and like, whether or not we're, you know, want to admit it or not, if you open your drawer, you open your closet you know the stuff that you're going to grab for, you know, the stuff that fits, you know, the stuff that works for you, you know, the stuff that you would like. So it's just really having like the set time to be able to do it. It's not going to take five minutes, probably not even going to take 10 minutes. So for the people, cause I've organized a lot of my friends closet, like, that's just something that we like to do for fun. Go over there and let's organize your closet. Well, come on so over. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. Right. I'm like, this is so fun. And so I'll be like, okay, we got to take the time to do it and then put on movie, music, podcast, really get in the headspace of like, this is going to take time and let's do it. So it's really overwhelming because women, especially we have so much stuff. You really need to look like piece by piece on what you wear and what you want to keep. I guess how I do a lot of my practice is asking myself certain questions, because if I'm asking these, I know the answers. When's the last time I wore this? If it was over a year, I generally will, will donate or, you know, give it to a friend. Is this my style? If I like was holding up a piece of my clothing, I'd be like, is this something that I would currently buy in the store? Because now I'm like moving into more of what I found my style to be versus, you know, five years, it was really different. So like, I'm not, I'm not going to reach those. I'm not going to wear those things. And then I guess that kind of goes along with the same of like, how do I feel when I wear it? Does it make me feel good? Does it make me feel confident? Do, am I comfortable in this? Or like, is it scratchy, you know, tags in the back that I, I you know, I'm never going to want to wear that again. And then I think one of the biggest things, I mean, especially for me, because I have a very uh, average, normal, basic kind of style, but like how many similar items do I have of the same thing? How many, how many black shirts do I own? And what's the purpose of having all of these? And then figuring out like, are they in good condition? Are they not? Are they, you know, worn, you know, do they need, you know, to be mended or fixed? So to go through all your clothes and really ask that. Another thing that I wanted to touch on um, that I've done with people in their closets is they're asking like, what do I do with the clothes that don't fit me right now? Because there's been, you know, times that I've worked with, you know, people who, you know, have clothes that are too small for them. What do I do with them? Or I've had people that, you know, the clothes are too big or they're maternity clothes that they're like, what do I do with this stuff? Like, I don't particularly want to get rid of it, but my advice is always going to be put it in a bin and take it out of your space. Because I've worked with somebody who was trying to get pregnant and she looked at those maternity clothes every single day. And it, that was really hard for her to be like every single time that she was getting ready. It was like this, like 
I mean, there's no way to start your day when you're starting it out on, you know, a sad note or, you know, disappointed. So whether your clothes are too big or too small, or they just don't fit you, remove that from your space and only keep the stuff in there that works for your body right now. If, you know, if you do end up getting pregnant, you know, fantastic, you can move that stuff back into your space or, you know, the other size clothing too, you can always move that in, but it's not going to do any good by serving. It's not going to serve you in that space just by taking up your space. Mm, I loved those prompts. When I did my closet clean out, I tried everything on and I asked myself how I felt in it. Like, was it really tight and I was uncomfortable? Like I didn't need to keep it versus did I feel really confident and excited to wear it? So being really honest with yourself. And I do think you bring up a good point. Like sometimes we're in a season of change. When I had gained weight, which I talked about on the podcast, I didn't toss all my clothes that didn't fit. I just gave myself space to be like, you know what? I'm going to remove these for now. I'll try them back on. And then I might make that decision when it's been more, when more time has gone past. And now a quick break from our podcast sponsor, BetterHelp. We're talking about some really tough stuff in this episode, including divorce. And we know that couples, it's hard. Like being in a relationship is hard. Being in a marriage is really tough, but having a better help therapist in your back pocket can be the perfect tool for your tool belt. It's been so great being able to talk with a therapist on my own about relationship issues and once in a while, even bringing Colin in. It's just that little extra bit of help that you may need to get the conversation started. Or if you've been having these conversations for a long time, it's that step you might need in order to help prevent bigger issues from happening. So know that as a listener, you do get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash herself. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash herself. And as a listener, you do get 10% off your first month. Your mental health matters and your partnership matters. BetterHelp can help. Now back to our show. Okay. So I loved your account from the very start, I think. And one thing it's really helped me to do is get on a decluttering journey. Um, clutter, I have found for me, especially in parenthood, is very triggering. Like it can be very overwhelming when a space is cluttered. So since having your account, I have decluttered a bunch of areas in our house. I want to know why decluttering helps women feel better in their spaces? This is probably one of my favorite questions because that's, I guess, like one of the premises of like my account is it's not let's declutter one time and that's how it is. It is about the why. If you're going to really make some like serious like life changes, you need to have that like underlying, why am I doing this? Because if there's no why, you're not, you're not going to put the time and energy into it. And for me, it's so much more than just doing this to keep your spaces clean. Like, yeah, that's obviously like a huge bonus. Like I love clean and tidy spaces, but like, I mean, you have more space, you have, you know, less stuff to clean and you spend less time doing it from, you know, five years ago until now I can clean my space so quick. And then I can use that time doing stuff that I actually want to be doing. And like, especially as you know, busy parents or working parents, you don't have a lot of time to begin with. So any time that I can take back for myself is a total win for me. And like, since I've been doing this too, it's like, you know, I'm overall just like less stress, less, you know, decision fatigue, like less overall waste too. Not because I'm not buying stuff. I think 
when you're just intentional about, you know, your time and your space, you're just less overwhelmed. You have less stuff to do. And like the biggest thing, like I said, for me is that time back for like for me or for Elena or for family or for hobbies. And that like to me is like totally worth every kind of like effort or time that I put into this. One of the first spaces I did was my makeup drawer and it was really wild. It was, I'll show a picture on Instagram. I have literally had dollar bills in there. I had like nursing syringes from my nursing job. It was just so chaotic. And I just want to be really honest. It was very, very overwhelming because that little drawer probably took me like two hours, but. I just did your declutter challenge. And when I did it this time, it probably took me 15 minutes tops. So you see how the the beginning can be so overwhelming, especially if you have a spot that you just know people have closets, they just throw stuff into, they never look at the beginning can be really overwhelming, but then you get on this track where the next time you do it, it's way less overwhelming. So what are your best tips for people that are just starting on this journey? Okay. So first off, I love that you pointed that out because I think that's, I mean, even for me like this, I mean, I wasn't always like this, like, yes, I grew up this way, but I've come a long way. And when you had talked about like the declutter journey, it is, it's not like I'm going to do this one time and then be done because especially coming up like holiday, you know, a holiday season and birthdays and things like that, you're always bringing new stuff in your space. So there's always going to be like that maintenance. So like how you were talking about, you know, the first time you did that, it took two hours. The second time it took you 15 minutes and say you do it again next year, maybe it'll take you two or three minutes. And that like maintenance stage just gets easier and it just becomes kind of a more a way of life ultimately. So like for people who I guess are just starting or interested, the best tip that I have is just to start you know the stuff that you use, you know the stuff in your house that you love, you know the things that are needed in your space. And like I said, like, yeah, it's extremely overwhelming because you're like, I live in this massive house, I have X amount of rooms, and then in those rooms, I have boxes and closets and drawer space. Go in one of those rooms, open a drawer, open a closet, look in a box. Like, even if you just do one thing, one box, one drawer, that's more than you did yesterday. And like, Maybe this is me, but after like with working with like a lot of different people, I know it's not. So I'm just going to hopefully think that it's more people than just me and my friends and some clients that I've had. But once you do a little bit, you feel so good and like so refreshed and energized. You want to keep that momentum going. So like, it's not going to be like, oh yeah, like that wasn't fun or that wasn't, you know, useful because it was. So start and then you'll get the momentum to keep going. Yeah, what I find is that the ball is rolling one way or the other. If your house is already messy, it's so much easier just to put more stuff on the counter or to leave your boots in the spot that they're not supposed to be, to not hang your jacket up on the right spot. But when things are actually organized, you want to keep it that way. And you're speaking to so many women right now because, Cassie, you know, we have very, very busy women in our audience. And making sure that a house is easier to manage is speaking directly to their hearts right now. And I know a lot of people will say, you know, just walk past the mess. It's not that big of a deal. But I mean, in my mind, like I can't always just walk past the mess. Can I close a door to it? Yes, sometimes. But we also know that messy houses can make our minds feel messy too. And it's not just our physical space. It's also our mental space. So Mm -hmm. for the people who are really busy, but they want to get started, um, the first step A is to get started. But number two, what are some tangible things they can do on a daily basis to make sure their house stays in decent shape? My biggest thing, and I like to do this and I like to show this, you know, on my page because I think people really underestimate time. 
take the time to do it. It takes so much less time than you think. Like five or 10 minutes really truly does go along like a long way. So like prioritize what stuff that you're like, these are my big ticket items. This is when I want to get done. Elena and I, we have like, you know, obviously like the Amazon Alexa and, you know, Alexa set, you know, set an alarm for 10 minutes and then she does it with me. And, you know, if I'm cleaning up dinner, she's cleaning up her toys and it's totally like a team effort. And I think that's something also that I really want to include, like with like a tangible thing is incorporate people who are in your household, whether that be, you know, friends, different family, partner, kids, it's not all on us, you know, as, as parents or moms to, you know, do it. Everyone else lives there. They're all contributing to the mess. And so to be like, yep, we're all doing this. And that teach like that teaches really good, like life skills for our kids too, to say, I'm taking care of my space. I take pride in my space and I take pride in my items that I have. I think that that, you know, even though it might not be, you know, a huge thing, you know, you know, picking up your toys, putting your laundry, you know, in the hamper, they're going to keep doing that. And it's going to make things easier on us and on our families. And a little bit, like I said, goes a long way with effort and time. I get so inspired when I watch your time lapses of you guys cleaning because it, cause you usually put the timestamps on so you can tell that it only takes five or 10 minutes, even if the space starts and it looks like it's going to be a big deal. Like it just shows how fast it goes. I often tell Abby, I'm like, gosh, cause I'll clean my kitchen. I'll be like, why didn't I do that sooner? Like in my head, I built it up. Like it was going to take so long. And then when I actually do it, it really doesn't take that long. Um, and then I love what you said about your kids. We've been doing that with the boys more and more of like, nope, the expectation is you can put all these monster trucks away because you got uh-huh. them out. And I think that's just so important. I want to know what is, what does your weekly cleaning to do list look like? Like for me, I'm just surviving. I'm doing things on a as needed basis, but I think it's really aspirational to think about like what a weekly cleaning to do list would look like. I guess, I mean, for me, I feel like I'm in like survival mode to kids and jobs and just every other thing that comes with it being a parent. Like I try to do things daily that really like just allow me to just live my life. And like weekly is just my little bit of extra. So I really just try to get that done like in a quick hour or two. So every week I will wash all the bedding and towels, a really quick bathroom clean. And I'm going to even say like, that does not include my shower. Like that's a quick, like just wipe down like mirror sink. I mean, if anyone has kids, they know that there's just a toothpaste central all spat all over the sink. It's disgusting. And then wiping down, um, the toilet and a big thing that I do. Um, and then I would always promote is to disinfect, you know, the high touch areas, light switches, remotes, electronics, um, doorknobs, keys, any like work badges, especially with like COVID, RSV, things like that, just to maintain, especially I'm working with like school and daycare germs too. That's an extra level of disgusting. So um, I also vacuum and mop, you know, garbages and recycling, but like that's pretty much it. It's just like a little bit of extra. And if there's anything that I see during the week that I'm like, you know, this could really use some, some love I'll add it onto it. But like, by no means am I, you know, like cleaning, you know, underneath my furniture, doing baseboards, like cleaning light fixtures, like that could come, you know, three times a year, maybe when I have the time for it. But as long as my space is just maintained and like clean and like sanitary, I think that we're pretty set. And that's why we knew we wanted to have you on because you make everything just so manageable. It's not like you have to go through every hoop and ladder and in order to clean your house, it's like, just get the basics done 
if you have more capacity, then do more. And like you said before, once you get the motivation, sometimes it's like, you know what, maybe, maybe I do want to clean the baseboards this one time. Um, right. just a few weeks ago, I cleaned our baseboards. I'm like, Amy, I haven't done that in this house and we've lived here for over a year. It was definitely a time and I feel like a million bucks right now, but <laughs> hopefully the next time that comes around, it doesn't wait as long. But I do want to know because every Thursday, Lucy comes home, our, our six year old comes home with a whole bunch of artwork and, um, you know, different like little things that she made at school. Our boys from daycare, they're coming home all the time with like little keepsakes. So what do you do as far as keepsakes and do you keep them? Do you throw them all away? How do you organize them? Because I think that we need, our household definitely needs a lot of help with this. And I think others do too. Well, I'm like just like starting out because we do daycare half days and then 4k half days. And I thought like daycare had a lot of paperwork, but I like totally was like thrown off. Like 4k in school is like a game changer in terms of like, how do you guys do this much and bring this much stuff home? So I am, this is like my, kind of like my trial year. So like I said, kind of like your, your things and system changes, but I've had since Elena was young, it's like this plastic file box. And so it's like, a, I think it was like a, you know, a cricket or something And I, it has her name on the front and then the files in there are labeled by year. So, you know, it's like year one, two, three, you know, you know, 4k kindergarten all the way up to 12th, you know, to 12th grade. And then some other things, you know, like pregnancy, important documents. And that is like my go-to center. That is the one place that this goes. And like Elena really knows that that's kind of off limits because there is, you know, really personal stuff in there. Like from when she was born, like hospital bracelets and things like that. Um, So that's where like the important stuff goes. But I am currently testing out a system. And again, systems do not work for everybody. But I'm like, I don't know what the important stuff is really yet for 4K. So I just have all of the stuff that she's brought home so far in its own bin. So at the end of the school year, I'm going to look through with Elena to to determine what do you think is important? What do I want to keep? Because I've definitely been caught. And I feel like if any parent does not agree with this, I feel like that they're lying by like tossing your kids artwork in the garbage and then it being found by your kids. And you're ultimately like the worst parent ever. So I'm just going to keep it till the end of the year and then edit and go through it and then put what I want to keep from that into her file bin. Trey is the one that always catches us. And he always says, I worked so hard on that. Oh, and we feel, but it's honestly the amount that they bring home is just, it's unsustainable. So we, we pretty much know that we cannot keep all of it. I really look for things that show off their personality or things that are super special. And like you said, even so, like at the end of the year, you're totally allowed to go back through it and be like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to toss this one. Like just make sure you're editing along the way. And if you have a 4K or kindergartner, you're new at this. So you're going to figure it out and you're going to figure out what you really want to keep. And now a quick break from one of our favorite sponsors, which is Chomps. Abby and I love these Chomp sticks. They come in beef, turkey, and venison. They are made so that there is minimal ingredients, no sugar, a good amount of protein. You can just feel good about having this as your snack. My nutrition coach has me have two with a piece of fruit for a snack that will really fuel you. This is the year that we want fueled, energized women. I've also shared before that my kids love these. These are their favorite snack. They are always running to the pantry and trying to grab one. And it's a snack that I can feel really good about. So the whole family loves them. 
There are many different flavors to try, so figure out which one you love. I love the sea salt beef and the jalapeno beef. Those are my favorites. I am going to load up on those while we have our discount code. So you can go to chomps.com and use the code HERSELF20 at checkout for 20% off your order. Again, that's chomps.com and use code HERSELF20 for 20% off. And now back to our show. One thing that you do with your community is a declutter challenge, and you've done it at least two years in a row. It's four weeks. I think I made it through one week perfectly. And then I got a little thrown off, but I know what's really nice is I could come back to the posts. You give really good tips. You tell us what to do. So I know I have those in my back pocket for when I have a little bit more space and time. I want to talk about what this means to your community's mental health. I know there's a big reason that you do this, and I'm sure you get a lot of feedback because what we know is that decluttering and making our spaces more organized and function better is really important to us. So I'd love to hear how your community feels when they get through this challenge. Well, first off, I had a couple of people reach out because generally I will do it in January, like fresh start, like let's go. And a lot of people were like, is there any way we can do it in December? And I had never thought that because December is such like a, I mean, there's so much going on in, in December. So I did a poll and hundreds of people said they would rather do it in December. And I'm like, this is really interesting to me. But after, you know, talking with a lot of the people on that, their reasoning for that is because they wanted a just kind of like a clear space and a clear head going into a season of surplus where you're having people into your home and you need more space or you're bringing new items into your home that you need somewhere to put that. And I, it really is an except because I did it too, obviously it really is a good cleanse before the new year. So I'm, it's a sense of like starting fresh. And I think that's how a lot of people feel that, you know, your mental health is in a good space. Like you really do have that clear head. And like when you are having, you know, that surplus in your home, whether that be, you know, physical things or family that you have space for that. Also, you know, talking with a lot of, you know, the people in the community, a lot of people do struggle with, you know, mental health issues, whether that be anxiety, depression, or something else. And I think why a lot of people really are into the cleaning and organizing like during this busy season is because that's something that you ultimately have control over because so many things are out of your control, you know, during this time, whether it be because, you know, holidays aren't always happy for people. It's a lot of stress. It's family, you know, you know, maybe it's, you know, trauma from when you were, you know, growing up, it's so much stuff on your plate that by saying like, I can't control all that, but I can control if I'm going to, you know, clean out the space. And that's something that you can grasp onto and like is really grounding. And so I found that too, especially like coming into this new season of this is my first, you know, major holiday alone. And so I've really like grasped, like grasped onto there are things that I can control that are going to make me feel better and I'm going to hold on to that. So I think a lot of people in the community are, are with me on that one. So that's been pretty cool. Well, and Cassie, you mentioned anxiety earlier and I find that like when I am having anxiety build up, if I can just clean something and just have control over something, it does just make you feel better in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then afterwards you can even take a step back and be like, you know what? 
I took some deep breaths. My space is clean. That's one step in the right direction, right? So right. it's just like taking those small steps in the right direction. Um, and yeah, doing it in December. I think you should do it in December every year because I have been, it was so cool to be able to see just different parts of our house be transformed. And then as we had family over, I'd pull it on my Instagram story and they're like, wow, it looks even better in real life. I'm like, thank you. Like, yes, I'm so proud of that little section. The mail drop section. Yes. The mail drop section was what we needed the most help with. And you definitely, um, motivated us to do that. Another thing that you've motivated us to do is to clean our cleaners. And what I mean by that is there's parts of our house that I didn't even know you were supposed to clean. And I was embarrassed about this because I'm like, wait, I am an organized person. I am a type A tidy person. But wait, the dishwasher has a filter that you need to change. And wait, hold on. There's a washing machine thing that you have to change out. When I changed out our washing machine, like did the little thing that you told us to do for the first time after living in our home for, I don't know, six years, I found socks in there and they weren't socks from our house. So they had been in there for a very, very long time. And Amy's like, Abby, you should have taken a video of that. Like you need this for content. I'm like, I was so grossed out that I couldn't even think to grab anything like an electronic to videotape it. But let us know. Okay. What types of maintenance should be done um, to the different types of cleaners in our house? I love this question because I always preach that. And like, I will have like some of my friends when they're like cleaning that, they'll like, you know, take a photo and send it to me or text me like, Cassie, I'm cleaning my cleaners. And I'm like, the caffeinated clean of me is like always very proud, but I mean, the dishwasher filter is a big thing. Like if I could say like to clean one thing, it's that, because if you think like your dishes are getting clean, if all that food and like nasty stuff that goes back on your dishes, if you don't know how to clean it, I mean, you can read your manual and like YouTube is, can be your best friend, but dishwasher filter, your washing machine, whether it be like a front loader or a top loader have uh, different filters, your dryer vent needs to be cleaned out and you can even like unscrew that and take it out and take out that piece and clean that out. And that's a fire hazard too. your vacuum. There's filters to your vacuum. And if you're a woman, your hair is going to get caught around all of that, whether it's cordless or not. Uh, Roombas too. If we all have those little vacuums, those have, you know, different filters that need to be cleaned. Air purifiers, fans, and your sink. A lot of people don't think of your sink, but that is like the ultimate like germ catcher that in your sink tools like sponges, scrub brushes and everything. If you have a dishwasher, you can throw those right in, but disinfect your sink as much as you disinfect other surfaces. But if you clean your cleaners, your stuff will last and your things will be cleaner. Like if you're thinking like, I, you know, my, my vacuum doesn't work or my, you know, dishes smell it's probably because you're not cleaning your stuff. So take the time and do it. Cause it's going to feel so good. It's so satisfying. <laughs> I just cleaned my vacuum completely out. Like I was really in there changing the filter, everything. Drew is really good at cleaning our utensil that we clean the dishes with. He always has that thing in the dishwasher. So inspiration to just like make sure the things you're cleaning with also get clean. It just makes sense. It's going to be way more sanitary. I wanted to tell you about something I saw on a different organizing account. She used to be a professional organizer. And she said the reason that she transitioned into doing an account where she shows people how to organize is because when she organized for someone else and then she came back to their space, she noticed that they could never keep it organized because they didn't do it. And so it sometimes it just didn't make sense to their brain. This is why I love your account is that you're giving us tips so that we can do it in a way that works for our house and our brains. When you were showing before and afters, 
from your challenge, it was like everyone's space looks so much different. We're not saying there's one way to do this. Here's a few tips, but then you have to take it and you have to run with it. So I am wondering what advice do you have for someone that is just getting started? Because I think a lot of times they have this perfectionist fantasy that their space is going to look like perfectly like the person that has this viral organized refrigerator. And it's like, that's not what's important. It's does this function for your family? I want to hear what you have to say about this. I actually love that you brought that up with that account because when I started, you know, back in 2020, I was like, I'm going to do this like in-person business. And like, I've really shifted my, my vision, you know, with this account because it is, it's about giving people the tips to be able to do that themselves. Because like, I mean, for me, I'm a single mom. I could never afford to have somebody come and clean my house or organize my space, but for someone to give me the tools to do that, I could do it myself and, you know, save a lot of time and money. So that's kind of where I'm going with this too. And I've had clients do the same thing. I organize and it's like, this looks nice and whatever, but like, this isn't a system that works for me. I think something that I've really struggled with because we, I mean, we see Instagram, we see TikTok, we see Pinterest and you see these like perfect like setups and yeah. Wouldn't that be fantastic if that could work for like for all of us? I don't have the time. I don't have the money to do that. But what I can do is assess my time with my space and to say, does this work for me? Does this work for my family? And that's been something I think that takes practice. You know, when we're thinking about starting, it has to just be, you need to be realistic about what your why is. Like I was saying earlier, why do you want this, you know, to change? Why do you want to declutter? What do you want this to look like? And to say, why is this going to work for my family and what can I do to make this work? I also loved that you just showed a bunch of different types of houses. So I think a lot of times on Instagram, you know, not all of us obviously have Khloe Kardashian money. We don't have the organized pantry that she has. I don't even have a pantry. So how am I going to do that? You know, but you show spaces that it's a wide variety of price ranges of these houses that you're showing. And I think that that's so important. And even just figuring out that why, because when you were talking about, it, I'm like, wait, what, what do you mean by the why? But then I was thinking when I walk into my house, it's already chaos. Like there's a lot of noise. People are mm-hmm. always asking mom, 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 tugging at me. I want the first place when I walk in to feel like mine, to feel put together. Mm-hmm. And so like, think about the why in your mind and that will help you get started. So we're going to take a really big pivot here. But in that last answer, you mentioned that you are a single mom. And earlier you mentioned that this is one of your first holidays. Um, just the two of you, just you and your daughter. Mm -hmm. And one thing that we talked about before getting on the interview was speaking about your divorce because it was just recently finalized. And we know, Cassie, that it was such a process. You know, everything from just making the decision in the first place to moving into another home to finalizing everything, like it was a lot. So if you're looking back to that Cassie who was just starting that divorce process, what words of wisdom would you have for her now that you are where you are today? I feel like that's so wild to think about because that was eight months ago, nine months ago. Mm-hmm. And like, I just remember just being like so terrified, um, especially being 29 years old. And well, at that time I was 28. It's something that no one talked about, you know, like I really wish that I could have told myself, you know, like find the courage and take the leap for yourself and for your daughter and everything else is really just going to follow making the decision and, and doing that because of what's best for, 
for me and her, that was hard because you're, you're breaking up a family. It's not that there was just two married people, no kids. There's a, you know, there's a child to think about in that. But I think thinking back to say like, you're going to be fine just because your marriage is over, your life isn't, your dreams are still there. You have so much life to live. And um, one of my favorite girls who really got me through this, Michelle Dempsey, she's a divorce coach. But, you know, one thing that she preaches that I live by now is that your kid needs a happy mom, not a married one. And so that's been something that's really, you know, stuck by me because Elena from now to, you know, back then eight months ago, she's exactly the same amount of happy. We're just modeling something that's better for her. And so to think back to then to now, not even think I'm not even the same person, but I wish I would have had more positive self-talk back then to myself for sure. I know when we discussed the interview before you came on, we were talking about the reason we think this is important is because it's something that a lot of people go through, but not a lot of people talk openly about. Mm -hmm. And I know that you kept it private for a long time from your community and from, you know, people outside of your own personal network. So I'm sure that there were so many hard moments along the way. I'm wondering, how did you take care of yourself? during this time? And what are the things that you felt like helped you the most? That was actually really hard. It was really hard to not share those things because I feel like, you know, when I'm, you know, when I'm posting, when I'm sharing to me, that is so therapeutic to me to have that, you know, you know, sense of community and just to be able like to talk and just to be open with that. So not having that was really hard, but I also needed to remember that there are more players in this than just me. So to really be mindful and respectful of other people in this because of there's loss and there's grieving and there's sadness and there's a lot of feelings. And so just because maybe that would have made, you know, me heal better, it maybe and probably wouldn't have been that way for other people. So since I really didn't have that ability, uh, I had the ability, but I chose not to, to share. I mean, I really was leaning on my friends and family who have been my rocks. I mean, through all of them, really, really lucky, but something also I shared with my work about what was going on. I think it's really important to be transparent because even though I go there, you know, eight to five, that you can't just really turn off your personal life when you're there, you know, really still affects you. Um, And really working on taking care of my mental health. I mean, I've been in therapy regularly. I've been in it for years and then taking medication because that's something that, that works for me. And focusing on really positive, you know, self-talk and things. I mean, I don't know if people do that or not, but I mean, that's been something that's been a game changer to be like, your life isn't over. Like you have so much to offer. Like you deserve so much, like keep working towards that model, healthy things for your daughter. And that has really been like a driving force to kind of move me forward. Cassie, thank you so much for sharing all of that. And the people who are in this right now, like just rewind that answer and go through it because you just brought in so many things that they can start doing right now and things that are important, right? Like the, each of those things can be simple, but it can be so hard when just life feels like it's stacked against you. Um, with this, just know that Amy and I, I mean, we, we talk about how well you and your ex-husband put your daughter first. Like it just shines through when you speak about it, when you speak about her, it's just so evident how much you both love her. Could you walk through how you two managed to do that, even when there were really hard days in your marriage or in that separation? So I think that we uh, were lucky that we had a very amicable divorce and we're still able to communicate. And our relationship now is 
better than it was throughout the last eight years. And so I'm really thankful. And I'm like, we are, you know, very blessed. But I think one thing that, you know, really helped us, it was to realize it's not about us. Like we made a conscious decision together to have a child and we hold all the control about her upbringing and have all the power to control how that goes. And so it's about her and like whether or not him and I work or not, or get along or not, we still need to make it work for her because we chose together to love her and bring her into the world. And so that's been something that's been, I think, really easy for us in terms of, I mean, because we have so much love on both sides of our families with grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, cousins, that like she never goes a day without knowing how loved she is. Something I wanted to bring up, which was really funny because um, so I'm a, I'm a social worker. That's what I do full time. And we were ordered to do um, mediation. And because I wanted to do a, a change with our placement schedule. And so I really got social worked by the the mediator in there because she was also a social worker. And one thing that she had brought up was she said to me, Cassie, what about your current schedule does not work for your daughter? And I was like, like I was honestly at like speechless and I could say that Ed would probably have said the same thing because I was like, it's not about me and it's not about my feelings of wanting to be with her more because I want to be with her all the time, but she's doing just fine with how it is. And so that was just like another layer of, it's not about him and I, it's about her and her well being, And she's doing just fine with how we have the agreement and it's working for her. And so I think we really had to push, you know, our feelings aside to realize we're just doing whatever is in the best interest of her. And I think by all of us, him and I and our families included, as long as she's at the forefront of the decision making, everything else will be so easy to follow. I love that you shared that because sometimes it's that outside voice that does give you just that you know, bird's eye view of like, wait, this is actually working, even though maybe Mm -hmm. you don't think it is. So Cassie, you know that Abby and I are such big fans of yours. Everything that you've shared today from decluttering to your divorce has been so helpful to our community. Please let everyone know where they can find more of you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Caffeinated Clean. And if anyone ever needs somebody to talk to or reach out, know that I'm always there for you guys. What a valuable resource for all these topics. So this is just your encouragement to get started. Cassie brought up so many things in this episode, and maybe you're decluttering right now while you listen to this or cleaning out that disgusting filter in your <laughs> inside of your dishwasher while you listen to this. And for everyone listening, you know how much the three of us love before and afters. So tag the Caffeinated Clean and Herself podcast as you get in there and do the dirty work and feel so much better about the spaces that you live in. Thanks again, Cassie, for being on. <laughs>